Welcome to Talking for the Health of It with Permanente Medicine. I'm Amy Kaiser, Communication Coordinator. And I'm James Boyle, Health Engagement Trainer. We both work on the health engagement team here at the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group, where we serve members of Kaiser Permanente in the Mid-Atlantic region. Today, we're talking with Permanente Medicine physician, Dr. Michelle Arthurs, about being healthy around the holiday season. Welcome, Dr. Arthurs. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me. My name is Michelle Arthurs. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician with the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group. I specialize in adult and family medicine and lifestyle medicine and see patients at the Camp Springs Medical Center. Dr. Arthurs, thank you for joining us today. We are discussing healthy holidays and what that means. As we all know, during the holiday season, things get busier than usual. We are in front of a lot more pastries, treats, and parties than normal. So we're here today to speak about how we can set goals to have the healthiest holiday season possible. To start us off here, what are some of the challenges uh, when it comes to healthy eating, physical activity, and general health uh, that folks are facing when it comes to the holidays? Well, thanks, James. That's a great question to get us started. Um, as we all know, the holidays can be quite busy. Our routines change or are disrupted. Um, a holiday and sort of the celebratory types of foods and treats often are high, not just in calories, but also fat, sugar, and even salt. Um, with the holiday planning and prep and activities, we often get less sleep and sometimes more stress. Alcohol intake can tend to change during the holidays. People tend to consider perhaps having more than they might usually. And we find ourselves often being less active. Uh, so there are these, th these are a, a strong collection of uh, derailers that we uh, often face as the holidays roll around. Given those derailers that you mentioned, Dr. Arthurs, how can we set goals for the holiday season? It can be awful helpful to have a partner or a teammate. So if there's somebody in your, your, your circle of the people that are closest with you that also might like to join with you and focusing on healthy living through the holidays, this would be a good time to start reaching out to that person. You may end up being at some of the same events together, even perhaps it is someone in your nuclear family and uh, you all can work together and support one another because it's definitely easier to do and to achieve goals when you have um, a teammate. We wanna go in with a plan. <laughs> um, so we, we, we wanna be mindful when we kind of think towards what's coming. Um, it's, it's very important to think ahead and to plan ahead. Um, we know um, our triggers, we know what can derail us. And if we think forward about what happened in the past at the holidays or what we've known are things, then behaviors that have changed that we necessarily didn't want to have happen, um, we can plan for those and have some alternative ways for our behaviors to uh, be impacted. In addition, I would I would say set a couple achievable goals before these days roll around and the parties start and the differing buffets and so forth come in front of us. Um, even set one to two achievable goals, more if you can, about how you want to handle uh, this time of year. And what might a goal look like? How can our holiday goals be specific? So when we think about uh, specific events that we might have specifically. Um, things like 
joining a, a family buffet celebration. We want to plan uh, to make sure that we're perhaps not filling our plate as we might have in the past or even using a different sort of plate so that we're focused on vegetables and whole grains rather than filling our plate primarily with starch and meat. Um, additionally, we can also set some um, goals for ourselves about how we move around. So that would be something uh, along the lines of committing to, I'm going to be up in the morning and I'm going to take however long, 15, 20, 30 minute walk at a brisk pace, or we plan to construct a specific time of day that we might start doing that with families, our families around the holidays as well. Something that has worked for me is using the SMART goal framework. So setting goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. That's really helped me during the holiday season so that I can stay on track and have a tight framework for myself to know where my behaviors can be improved. Uh, I also heard you mention finding partners to uh, engage in healthy activity and um, healthy practices, goal settings with you um, to have that partnership and support. And thinking about those who plan to spend their holidays with uh, friends and family, as well as children, how can we make uh, the holidays a uh, healthy activity for uh, the whole family? I think there are a couple of avenues that we can approach the situation. Um, to start, we can you know, engage the broader group if that's something that we think our families would be amenable to. Um, you know, send out if our family communicates over email or text or what have you. Um, and, and certainly set out the idea that I think maybe if we try to step a little bit away from the sugar and the carbs and so forth and step a little bit closer towards vegetables um, and whole grain, um, it might be a good thing for our family to do together. Um, and there may be people in your family that are like-minded, maybe not, um, but you never know. Just bringing up the discussion, um, you may find out that there are other like-minded folks in your family that have been thinking the same thing with your family. You know, this is a great time for people to be together. And, you know, that's, it's, it's such a beautiful time. Um, and we can plan even more time together. That doesn't have to be food centric, you know, the gatherings tend to be around, um, around a meal or meals during, uh, during these days, we can also plan on group walks, um, together as a family, or a group of friends that are not occurring at mealtime, <laughs> but still are celebratory in nature. Um, so if that would be um, taking a walk together in the morning or at noon, or perhaps after um, the larger meal of the day. And this is also something that we can continue when our family and friends are both near and far. Uh, technology can really help us if we start to plan, you know, we have a Sunday dinner with those that are around us, but if we then plan a Sunday walk and we have people on the phone or on uh, FaceTime um, that are not in the immediate area with us when we uh, continue these activities it can help us stay closer uh, with our families as well. Um, whatever we do, you know, these holidays tend, holidays in general tend to be a time where we are creating traditions and you know, we can always create uh, new versions <laughs> um, and change things around a little bit. Something that I would suggest that families, especially with children, consider 
is to possibly, if, uh, if, if they can, to not have a kid's table. Um, the kid's table tends to follow what a kid's menu is at, um, at restaurants, and it's really just not um, the same level of nutrition, um, et cetera, that you might find on an adult menu or even in an adult meal plan that we might have with our families. Um, I think that kids can be really engaged in learning about food and food choices at any time in life. Um, and I think particularly young kids like to play games. Um, I know my kids did. Um, so I'm offering a suggestion that was, um, that I did with my own kids when they were little and would sit in the grocery cart, um, at, uh, at those trips and create sort of a food scavenger hunt with them. They're obviously not going to be running around the store, but to create a situation where you have thought through your uh, fruit, vegetable, what have you, your whole grains, um, and whatever is going to be on your grocery list, but try to teach your kids a little bit about each of them and say something like, we are now going to look for something that's small and blue and sweet and comes in a package with a bunch of them and you know kids can guess blueberries and we can learn a little bit about each of those different types of foods so that when there's return grocery store trips um, they learn even more and can predict what foods we're going to um, bring home with us that day so along the same lines of getting the whole family involved and making healthier choices as a group what are some swaps that we can make to make traditional holiday meals a little bit more nutritious? Yeah, there's always an opportunity. <laughs> um, there's always, always an opportunity. Think about using uh, more of whole grains rather than processed grains when it comes to recipes. So we know white rice has its particular flavor. Um, substituting in brown rice, which is less processed, um, offers us a lot more fiber um, and fiber helps us feel fuller longer. And in that particular meal, it can help us consume less. Um, there's other, also a lot of other wonderful whole grains that we can substitute in for starches and things like that. Um, farro is a great one. Um, quinoa is another one. And they can sub in and out of multiple, in multiple ways um, in, in dishes. Um, in addition, um, focus on veg when you're meal planning. <laughs> plan out some vegetable dishes first. Um, there may be a different type of prep that you have to do, or you have um, vegetables that are pre-prepped for us at the store, which can also help. But if we're gonna put sauces on the veg, consider putting the sauces on the side, um, or even cutting the amount of sauce in a half or a third that we might use, because that's often where a lot of those things that we don't want um, are in, like the calories, the fat, the sugar, and the salt. There's also opportunities if we think about how much um, how much meat we're cooking or what have you. If it's if our families are interested in eating less meat, cooking a smaller turkey, less you know less of that, and so less to be portioned out. Another option is to look for broth, like chicken broth or whatever kind of broth that has no salt or is unsalted or has lower salt. And it's pretty impressive to compare those in the grocery store. And often they're right next to each other. So we'll see if you see a full salted broth and then compare it with the ones next to it that are no or less, we'll see that we're really not sacrificing the flavor of the broth. It's really just the amount of salt that's in it. 
And additionally, if we are going to bake, one of my <laughs> favorite recommendations is to look at that recipe and to see if uh, we can try it by cutting the sugar in half, maybe even more. Um, and oftentimes we don't even really get that much of a difference. And we cut back a lot on the calories that are present in those desserts. Um, so there's lots of ways to do it. Now, you know, families and folks have to find the ways that are going to work best for them. But I would argue there's always a way to improve the nutrition in, um, in any of these meals. I know in my family, we jokingly say that we follow the beige food diet. So things that are typically, you know, higher in butter, salt, fat, you know, things like pasta, starchy vegetables, all of the good stuff, you know? So something that has helped me overcome that as an adult is to focus on making my plate colorful during the holidays. So trying to fill it with something from every color of the rainbow if I can. So that way I know I'm getting in some vegetables as well as, you know, things like proteins and everything that I need to make a well-rounded meal rather than just carb forward items. And I feel like that's been something that's helped me, especially in a buffet setting or where I don't have control over what's being served. So Dr. Arthurs, it sounds like we started to to get into this idea of, of the buffet and how to deal with it, right? Um, what are other ways we can uh, resist the temptation to overindulge in settings like that? Sure. Yes, absolutely. And I like what, what Amy was saying about eating the, eating the rainbow. And that's actually something that I think about with buffets is that we um, organize them with that rainbow first, <laughs> um, whatever might be orange, whatever might be green um, or what have you. Um, those vegetables and, and those types of um, options are placed first on the table. I also would encourage folks to consider using smaller serving spoons. Now, it may seem oversimplified, but it takes extra, extra effort <laughs> for us to use a smaller spoon than it does for a larger spoon, and we're likely to take um, to take less. Um, we can also pre-portion uh, buffet style foods and even put in, put out like what a quarter cup might be of this particular type of item, having less of that available. And, and even with, um, uh, you know, meal prepping, I know I've been talking about like substituting things like whole grains. We can not just substitute, but we can add, um, you know, adding something like uh, lentils to a, a stuffing mix or or making when we're making our own even um, can really increase the amount of protein and fiber that's available um, without sacrificing the flavor of um, of stuffing. Um, and additionally, you know, we can commit to one plate. <laughs> um, no refills, if you will. So uh, making sure that we kind of keep ourselves accountable. Um, and, and call on that teammate or that family member to help us. And if you're part of the planning committee, or if you can have any impact, plan on putting the vegetables and the whole grains first next to the plates so that people may be more apt to put more of that on their plates at the first round. In addition, if there's going to be a dessert table, <laughs> consider having that be the smallest one. Um, and if there's a way to sort of rework who's responsible for bringing what, consider fewer folks responsible for, for bringing in desserts or smaller ones. 
how can we set these boundaries with family members uh, who say, eat, eat, you know, have more, and some folks won't take no for an answer, really want you to eat. Uh, how can we deal with that challenge? Yeah, that that's a, a very, very powerful um, uh, dynamic <laughs> um, that, you know, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of um, emotional um, value placed, uh, placed on food. And you know, historically we're, we celebrate with sugary stuff, right? So it almost feels or can seem that we're not celebrating if we're not eating certain things. And, um, and that becomes, you know, a habit, um, a habit over time. Yeah. If we have a relative or relatives or friends in our, our group that we know we're going to be celebrating with, um, what I've encouraged, uh, folks to do is to consider, contacting that relative or that friend before any of the events, you know, in a gentle, you know, disarming way, um, just let, you know, let them know that, um, you know, how much they love you and that, you know, that's reciprocated of course, and that, um, and that the food is a part of the celebration and that you're, that you are working to still celebrate the love of family and food, but less with food this year than you might have in the past. Um, and even sort of um, encouraging that relative to not necessarily join you. I mean, they certainly could, but um, that you are hoping because they are so important to you that you will support them in this change. And I think those one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations or however it can be, um, can be really formative um, and can build new avenues in the relationships that we have with our family. Do you have any tips for dealing with um, leftovers being offered or sometimes even forced upon folks, right? And we end up with a, a fridge full of uh, far more than uh, we maybe need. Leftovers are, are pretty powerful also. I mean, but who doesn't love leftovers? <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're right. I, you know, I think we, you know, also want to create the space where the no is, um, is okay. You know, if there is all this food that's left over, if we feel like we want to accept it, um, just be prepared to plan on what we're going to do with it. So if we're, we're gifted with way too much pie <laughs> that we consider, you know, portioning the pie up and uh, in the portions that we're looking to consume and even putting that in the freezer. So it's not all sitting at the refrigerator and looking, staring right back at us <laughs> when we open up the refrigerator door. Um, but those dynamics, you know, those dynamics are hard and just um, trying to remember that they're coming from a place of love, that our family and our friends care for us. And, you know, food is a way of showing that care and um, that we can adapt based on what, you know, what's in front of us and what we're planning on um, using for using the leftovers for. Can you talk a little bit about what role hydration plays in being healthy around the holidays? Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's a really important topic. And, you know, the whole idea of hydration versus, you know, what a, what a beverage is or is not is really important. Um, so we are going to get hydrated with water that a water-based beverage. So I, you know, water is the best source. Um, and we want to think about water being part of the meal, um, that it helps our aids in digestion. It also helps us to feel fuller, um, you know, again, with, um, watching our overall, um, intake and then considering and, and looking at the options, um, available to us, um, around, around any holidays It often, 
includes again those like celebratory type things which can be alcohol um, and sugar-based drinks like sodas um, juices even which end up being quite quite empty in calories uh, which empty calories and empty in nutrition we don't get much um, much goodness <laughs> truly from those. Um, so if we kind of go into any of these um, events, um, making sure we're balancing what we're consuming with also making sure that we're protecting our hydration as much as possible. And along the lines of, you know, keeping things in balance. So during the holiday season, we're trying to still maintain some physical activity, eat as healthily as we can, drink enough water, what about stress management during the holidays? Because when we're around family members that maybe we don't normally see or in larger groups of people or we're busier than usual, we can get stressed out as people do. What tips do you have for managing stress or in general, just unexpected challenges during the holidays? Um, a, a few ways to sort of frame how we can think about think about this. We should expect the unexpected, and we should expect for there to be something that's going to to push the boundaries of our comfort. Um, and one thing I would encourage people to do is um, answer the question: When I am stressed out, I wish I didn't blank. What are those things that you know you do that? or habits for you or your fallbacks when you're stressed out and things that you wish you didn't do and list those things out for yourself, you know, write them down, would have, whatever, text them to yourself, whatever it is. And then you want to think of comparable or replacements, if you will, for what those might be. So if you find that, um, certain relatives <laughs> um, kind of really say things about different topics that you know you find irritating or frustrating or even might make you angry. Um, think of some calming things that you can do for yourself. Have your favorite song ready and some um, headphones ready to just turn that on and take a couple of big deep breaths and listen to that. Um, if you need to move out of a situation because it's stressful, meaning sadness, um, anger, just overall feeling overwhelmed, um, find a, find a way to take a short walk even, or take a walk with someone else, um, to spend that one-on-one -on -one time, which is very precious with our family and friends. Um, and there's, there's lots of ways to bring about, um, a better sense of peace when the stress comes up. We have to take the time to know ourselves, um, and to think through what we can change, what we can't change, <laughs> and, and, you know, and what we can do to help ourselves through those moments. Um, and when we self-identify and name these, these habits that we have, we, we do claim them. Um, and then we can make the change uh, to help, help ourselves remove any of the unhealthy habits that we might have around stress. Dr. Arthurs, what are resources that are available to Kaiser Permanente members to aid them in goal setting, managing their health, uh, dealing with the stress of the holidays? Well, absolutely. We are very fortunate um, in Kaiser Permanente to have a wealth of resources that are really built in and accessible to um, our patients, our members. Um, we have a very robust website, which um, has a lot of weight management tools 
Um, and through that, we can get some tips from nutrition and meal planning. Um, there's also wellness coaches that our patients can get connected with to talk with on a regular basis to help stay on track. We also have a program for our patients um, called the Diabetes Prevention Program for anybody who is pre-diabetic to help um, stave off diabetes for and a very important disease prevention. Um, and for stress, our members are offered um, the, a couple of apps to help with um, things like meditation, mindfulness, awareness, um, which helps us unpack the uh, almost step-by-step -step behaviors that come from stress. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Arthurs. We're going to include links to uh, some of these resources that you mentioned in the description for this episode. So uh, members can visit kp.org forward slash self-care apps, as well as kp.org forward slash healthy living for a number of resources around the topics we talked about today. Uh, Dr. Arthur's also mentioned wellness coaching, which is something we're always really excited to share with folks about. Um, and if you're interested in learning about that, there will be a link for that in the description for this episode. Well, Dr. Arthurs, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening. We hope you check back in with us for future episodes on wellness topics and specials covering specific areas of health. This has been Talking for the Health of It, and we'll talk to you next time.